I'm here with Kayla. Um, she's going to introduce herself and we're going to kind of go from there. Yeah, so um, I'm Kayla Diamond. I started out as a athletic trainer. Actually, I have a sports med background and slowly delved into the sports performance side of things and then worked my way into adult strength conditioning and kids strength conditioning. So I actually train adults and children, not children, but like adolescent athletes. And I eventually got into online coaching as I've been moving from place to place. My husband works in athletics as well. And athletics is very, um, there's a lot of turnover and there, you know, you got to move to find the job that you want. So I've moved recently a lot. And so that's kind of what led me into online coaching. I actually didn't even think about doing it until one of my clients was like, I still want to work with you. And so then it kind of evolved from there. So I'm now an online coach and I use my sports med background to work with my uh, clients. And I actually do in-person coaching here in Florida as well. So. Mm -hmm. so what was like the first thing that got you into fitness, the whole world of that? Were you always into like sports or something? Yeah, I was an athlete. I was very mediocre. I <laughs> I wasn't great. I didn't try. I didn't care. You know, I was just like doing it to be a part of something. I really, my dad has always been super healthy and he always had me working at lifting with him. Um, and so I've always been into fitness, I guess. And then when, um, being in the athletic side of things, it's a whole other realm. And I just wanted to help, um, athletes become healthy and durable and get back to training hard. And so there had to be a gap bridge between injury and performance. And that's kind of where I came into play. And that has led me to where I am now with helping others. But for myself, I just, I loved being athletic. Um, I, since I was a mediocre athlete, I feel like I had to make up for that. And now I have much more discipline, much more drive um, to pursue my own personal athletic goals. So. Mm -hmm. Were you ever competitive at all, or are you kind of just like I just like doing the sport? Kind yeah, of honestly, like I um, am much more competitive now than I was then. I look back and I'm like, man, if I would have actually tried, I would have been so much more successful. And I'm going to be honest, when like I was not a good athlete, and now I now I try to take that lesson that I've learned. And apply it to my own personal journey. So now I am very competitive. I love competing. And I my big goal with my clients is to make them realize like, hey, like you have so much potential. Let's let's actually work and try, which I wish somebody would have told me back then. Mm -hmm. You said you worked with like younger adults, like, you know, teenagers and stuff. How is that different from like, oh, uh, you know, full grown adults? Like, how is that? They're kind of different, aren't they? Yeah. So working with athletes, their, their needs are different, right? So we, first things first, any strength conditioning program is to one prevent injury. All right. So we're making them durable for their sport and we're, you know, which injury prevention really is a kind of a catch all term. Injury prevention is just good coaching. And so we focus a lot more on like sports specific things with adults at the end of the day, you just got to make them happy because they're paying you, right? So <laughs> kids are doing it because their parents are making them and, or their coach is making them. Not a lot of kids are like, I'm going to go train hard today. No, like 
especially like, especially in the weight room, especially young women, right? So they're usually being forced, not forced, but uh, encouraged from the outside perspective, which adults are wanting to be there. So they're coming and, and you got to kind of find what your training philosophy is versus what they want and kind of mesh the two together because they are the ones paying you lots of money. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And you know, uh, with like a lot of kids, I feel like, you know, like, uh, the parents habits become your habits. So, um, how does that like kind of affect that? It affects it greatly. And you know, if I, I preach a lot with this, with my adult clients, cause I don't train any, I train, um, I train a few adolescent athletes. My youngest athlete that I train right now online is he is 16 or 17. And then I have a 19 year old basketball player. So I don't train a ton of young adults online um, or young kids online, but I I preach a lot with this with my parents is that like your kids are going to do what you do. They're going to mirror what you do. So if you don't move every day, if you don't make healthier decisions as far as food, like they're going to mimic that. And so um, it affects it greatly. And I think that's really, really important to see. And and it's hard to just tell the kids that because they'll kind of forget what you say most of the time. So it's really got to be a parent coaching as well. So if you're having a kid having a hard time, you're, the parent needs, needs the coaching. I have a 13 year old girl I train right now and she's like 85 pounds and her parents are the ones that need the coaching because she's not retaining a lot of what I'm saying. She is a little bit, probably more than what I think. But she, um, it all comes down to parenting, I believe. And so those, that's kind of how I need to take that approach with people is just get their parents on board. Mm -hmm. And how do you help change their mindset about stuff like that? You know, maybe they're kind of stuck in their ways. How do you kind of like shift? I kind of scare them a little bit and be like, this is what's going to happen if this doesn't change. So your daughter is going to sustain an injury because she's not eating enough. She's, she's, she's doing too much and she's not eating enough. And then you're going to pay thousands of dollars for a surgery, which could have been prevented. So I kind of, I kind of have to get a little bit real with them in that aspect. Weight loss as well. Okay. There are so many, um, being obese is way more expensive than hiring a coach to help you. It, It just is. There's so much data and there's so much Resources, resources out there that you can check that that time and time again prove that. And so I have to, you have to get real with them, and you have to kind of push them and challenge them in that aspect, but also still be empathetic. Mm-hmm. So you give them that kind of shock, and then yeah, it's like I'm I'm their coach, right? So I can't. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm their coach, so I can't just be like, oh, you know, I understand you're doing okay, like. I, I am empathetic. I, I I am, but at the end of the day, like this, like this is why I have a job. So I have to, I have to be a little bit, uh, a little tough love sometimes. Mm-hmm. And what is like your, what kind of nutritional philosophy do you help them with? Like nutritionally, do you recommend like macros? Do you do just calorie counting? Like how, as a coach, do you approach that? Yeah, it depends on where somebody is at currently. So if somebody is, there's so many different sides of the spectrum. I can have somebody who's just emotionally eating and going out of control and binging. And their approach is going to be different than somebody who's been counting macros for several years. And they just want to get in a healthy spot. I always 
have to usually bring people's calories up because they're not eating enough. Mm-hmm. And so I do go more of a macro-based approach, but I don't jump right into that because it's very overwhelming for a lot of people. So de- depending on the level of um, training age that I have, sometimes I'm just like, look, I just want you to eat four meals with protein in them. Mm-hmm. And I have to educate on what protein even is for some people. So we can't just go right into, okay, I want you to weigh your chicken out and I want you to weigh your rice out. And like, that's just not practical for most people. And I've had to really learn that because I just thought, well, you know, macros is easy. Everybody can do it, but it's actually really um, meticulous and it takes a lot of time. So, and, you know, we have to be realistic as far as, okay, are you willing to put in the work to count your macros? If you're not, it's going to take longer, but you're going to have to bear with me um, and bear with yourself and give yourself a little bit of grace. So it's very different for everybody depending on what stage you're at, but I do mostly do like a macro based approach. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people complain about like, kind of like the aspect of like their, you know, that takes a long time. They don't do it. Uh, Like you have to prep all this moment. How do you kind of help people with that? Like prepping it, like what, what kind of, preparing and planning for yeah. their, their day. Okay. Um, meal prepping doesn't have to be so crazy. I always tell people find one or two sources of meat and find like one or two sources of carbs, cook that in bulk and put it in your fridge and pull it as you need it. And you're done. Um, people make it really, really way too complicated and spend hours and hours and hours prepping on a Sunday. My meal prep takes like an hour. Um, it doesn't have to take very long. And so I, I, coach them on that. I also coach them on like a nighttime routine of setting yourself up for success for the next day. So taking 10 minutes out of your, um, out of your night, turn off your, turn off the TV, put your phone on silent and listen to some calm music and really plan your day out. And when you're going to eat and be intentional, um, with your eating. So, um, figuring out what meals that you need to take with you the next day, depending on your schedule, Planning is is the key, really, to, to success. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to have six meals waiting for you in the fridge for the next day. It can be as, as easy as, okay, I have a lunch. I have um, two snacks I've planned out intentionally, and for dinner I'm going to enjoy and cook at home. So, it, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I try to coach them on on finding that, that routine um, aspect. And uh, just curious, how do you plan your day? Do you do it that way or do you do it a different way? Yeah, so um, every night before I go to bed, I actually have my planner right here. So every night before I go to bed, I actually write down my day, like 30 minutes, like blocks. Um, I write down like the main goals I want to get done for the day. And within those within those uh, blocks, is I, f- I figure out when I'm going to eat. I work from home and away. So I do have the luxury of not being able to like very, be very strict with um, like prepping an actual meal and keeping it there from when I need it. I can pull from the big bulk, um, the big bulk that I've cooked, if that makes any sense. So I do, I do at the end of the day, plan my day out in advance. I have to, or I feel like I wake up and I don't have any intentions. So waking up with intention is huge. It can make or break your day. And so I definitely try to have an intent for the day. Mm-hmm. And do you like have a to-do list or something like that? Like, do you? Yeah, I have a to-do list. Uh, and you don't want to make your to-do list too complicated. It needs to be like 
one big thing that you want to get done and how you're going to do it. And then like three, two other tasks, two or two, three other tasks to get done as well. If you have this huge to-do list, it can be overwhelming. You need to find like a small, like smaller approach and go from it that way and be really intentful with that, that we get that done that day. And then the next day can be something else. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have like, um, I know like a lot of people are thinking about this now because you know, the new year's coming. Do you think of resolute like resolutions or anything like that? Or are you just like, let's do it now? You know, because I think about it in themes and not in like a kind of a, how do you say it? Like a goals oriented thing. Are you talking about if I make resolutions or what do you mean? Uh, yeah. Do you make resolutions or anything like that? Or For goals? myself? Um, no, I, I usually have like 30, 60, 90 day goals and wherever that lands, you know, is where it lands. I just try to take action as best as quickly as I can. And sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's inspired. I just, I'm a big believer in, you know, you people who do the tomorrow diet, like, or those are the people who fail at diets. Like you need to just do it now. And because we put so much pressure on ourselves, like I'm going to do it on Monday and we make mm-hmm. this goal too big and then we fall off. And then that's why we yo-yo. And it can be with business, it can be with fitness, it can be with, with anything. And it needs to be a just, okay, I'm going to, this is my 30 day goal, or this is my, this is my goal for the week or something like that. It needs to be not as big. And I think if we can make smaller, more attainable goals, then everybody would, would benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people kind of, you know, with food, they're like, especially if they start getting into it and like eating health, much more healthy. Um, they don't want to have like those bad things, you know, um, whatever they want to call them, like, you know, cookies, muffins, you know, everything that has sugar in it. Um, how do you kind of help them approach that kind of aspect? Right. Um, I do not believe in restricting yourself. Once you restrict yourself, then you're in that mindset that, um, I I can't have it. So I'm going to completely deprive myself of it. And then one day you're going to snap and you're going to binge. And, I 100% believe that you should not have to restrict sugar. You should not have to restrict carbs, especially. And I just kind of coach them like, that's okay. And a lot of people are like, well, I need to ditch the carbs. And I'm like, why? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Because they just don't know. Um, as long as you can fit everything within your day and your, your total calorie intake, it's, it should, it's very negligible. You know, as long as you're not getting all your carb sources from donuts and all your fat sources from like cheese, we need to be balanced, of course, but you should enjoy the things that you want to enjoy in life to be successful and sustainable. It's just a more sustainable approach. So there's no bad foods is what I coach people in. Um, There's no cheat day. We're not married to Mm -hmm. foods. There's no, there's nothing negative like that because I don't believe that we should feel bad about eating food we should feel good about it. And that's, that's a mistake that people make. And that's when they have a health unhealthy relationship with food and then they fall off and then they feel helpless. So I try to coach them and it may be a longer approach to their goal, but it's a realistic and more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, about like, you know, um, like how many times do you think a person should eat a day? Is it de- dependent on the person? I know everything's very specific. Yeah, it's definitely dependent on the person. Um, I typically break mine up between four and five. Some people do six. There's really no magic there. Um, the whole eating six times a day to increase your metabolism is pretty bullshit. And, you know, to get everything in, maybe. 
but you can still eat three times a day and get everything in. While those meals may be bigger and you may feel fuller, some people like that, some people don't. Some people may feel more lethargic from that. Some people might like that better. It really depends. So nutrient timing to me is not as important as um, the actual nutrient um, intake for the day. Mm -hmm. And about planning, you know, around nutrition, you know, uh, training, when do you think that should happen? Should that happen like in the middle of the day, the beginning of the day? Um, as far as when people should train? What do you yeah. Mean? Like, uh, you know, either, uh, you know, doing cardio or something, like how should they break that up? It depends on the goal. It's, um, I don't really understand your question. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No problem. Uh, so like, uh, do you think it's good to train and like break your sessions up into two or just, so if somebody's wanting to do cardio and yeah, work lift. Okay. So yeah, it just depends on your schedule. I would recommend doing cardio uh, in the morning because I actually like to incorporate like daily gratitude walks. So waking up first thing in the morning and taking a good 20 to 30 minute hard walk and really, you know, having mental clarity, I think it can set you up for a really great day. So I prefer that. And I prefer my clients to do that. It's not always practical. Some people wake up and it's dark. Um, so it really just depends. And I would prefer to, if you're going to not break it up, you would lift first and then I would do cardio after. And again, there's different ways to do cardio. Um, whether you're doing low intensity, high intensity, medium intensity, what kind of training day you're doing, everything is so, there's so yeah. much that goes into it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's so kind of specific to the person. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So kind of for you, like, how do you kind of do it for yourself? Well, I actually just did a show Saturday. So I'm coming off of that prep, but I can take you a little bit through my prep. So I actually did cardio in the morning. I did it fasted and fasted cardio really doesn't matter unless your um, Yohimbeam HCL is a natural like fat burner. And uh, that, if you do fasted cardio, take that. Studies show that that's pretty effective. But if you don't take that and do fasted cardio, like nothing, it doesn't really matter. So everybody's hung up on fasted cardio and there's really no good evidence to make that magic. Some people like it better and they feel better and more efficient and do better. So maybe they might be, they might um, burn more calories doing that, but there's really no magic there unless you're, you're taking that in my opinion. And well, it's actually supported by evidence, but so that's how I, I did that. And then I would eat like at least two meals before I would lift just because I felt better. Uh, and so I would train more in the middle of the day. Not everybody has a luxury. So again, it's very dependent on your work schedule and what you can allot for. If you know that you're going to be tired when you get home from work, don't work out when you when done from work, work, get your butt up 30 minutes early and go lift and you're going to feel much better. So it, yeah, again, it's all dependent, but that's how I did mine. Mm-hmm. And how did the show go? How did everything go like that? Yeah, it was awesome. I actually ended up taking first in open beat and I placed second in novice. So that was really exciting. I was really happy with that. Um, and yeah, I just, I was like on cloud nine. I'm super, super grateful and very blessed. And it was, it was um, the best show outcome I've ever had. So I feel very, very happy about it. Mm-hmm. 
And do you compete a lot during the year, one, two times, or three, or like how many times? So, yeah, this is my first bigger show in three years. So I haven't competed in bodybuilding in three years. In that three-year gap, I have competed in a strongman event. I actually competed in strongman event at the beginning of this year, and I uh, power lifted as well. So I've been competing in things on and off for like five years. So like I said, I wasn't competitive when I was younger, and now I am. So. Um, yeah. And so I guess that I don't really think about like, okay, I'm going to compete this year. Now I'm, I'm kind of ready to take like a, a backseat and just be intentional with my business and helping others and just getting stronger and healthier overall. And how was that? Like, how did you get into competing into like any of those events? Yeah. So I started off in bikini and I was in college and I just realized like, okay, like I can, I can do this. If that person can do it, I can do it. And if uh, I, I know that I can take my body to this level and I'm just going to do it. Literally. I just was like, one day I saw somebody compete and I was like, well, I'm just going to do it. And I, and I know I can. And I wasn't great. I coached myself, which I do not recommend anybody doing because I didn't know what I was doing. I did two bikini shows and then, um, I eventually got into strength sports and loved that. And then I competed again and figure had a great, great coach took three years off and then competed again recently with the real and really good coach. So mm -hmm. what made you decide to compete after those three years? Uh, That's a great question. So I wanted to compete sooner, but we had moved States twice, me and my husband, and it was just not a great time to, to be in a, a show prep. You're, the stars really kind of have to align in your favor. And I hate saying that because we're never really ready. You know, if you wait until you're ready, you know, you're never going to be ready, but you really got to figure out where you're at in your life to go in a show prep because it's so strenuous and there's so much you have to sacrifice and so much time to give to the prep that you really have to figure out, okay, can I do this? Can I allot my time to this? And you have to, I talked with my husband and he was like, yep, let's do it. This is like the best time. I tried to do it. I think this time last year and it just wasn't, it just wasn't in the cards for me. And so I also came out of my last show three years ago, really in a really bad spot as far as body dysmorphia and binge eating. And I gained 30 pounds in like a month and I, it took me a while to regain my healthy relationship with food and get me up to a really good spot with maintenance. And I didn't want to compete until I had it under control. And once I did, my coach was like, okay, you're ready. So I'm ready when you are. And I happened to be ready 20 weeks ago. So. <laughs> and how did you get yourself out of that mindset? Cause I feel like a lot of people get really into it. Then they get out of it. Like if you're not competing, you're <laughs> you pretty yeah. much go, go the opposite way. So mm. how did you kind I've of that? Yeah. So, uh, it was hard. I, I lived in Columbus, Ohio at the time and there's just so much good food there. And I hate to say like moving away helped, but it really did because I moved, me and my husband moved to Louisville, Kentucky actually is where I'm originally from. And while there's good food there, we were kind of in the mindset of saving money and we were in the mindset of just being healthier overall because we had pretty much partied in Columbus for three years. And that prep was hard. 
it, I had, I lost like 30 pounds in that prep and it was, it was a hard prep. And so my mindset was really bad. I was, I, I, you know, I couldn't buy something without eating the whole pack. I would sneak food from my husband. I would, without going in too deep, I would just feel really, really bad about myself. And honestly, getting out of that mindset, my coach now, uh, also my best friend, he helped me and he, we, as soon as I moved to Louisville, I got on like a strict macro plan. It's like, okay, I'm doing this. I had no, I had no distractions and I just did it. And we eventually cut it, did a little mini cut, reverse dieted out of it. And I got to the point where I was eating 2,300 calories and maintaining a healthy body fat percentage. And I just rode that out and I was able to go out and eat the way I wanted to some days and it didn't affect me. And so once I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm in a really good spot. And eventually I think just time and, and that really, really helped. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you like taking your time, like doing shows like so kind of far apart, not, not so close? You have to, you have to, you, you, I, I recommend like a year off season for people, almost a year, six months or like about nine months to a year. When you diet, 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 your, your body adapts to it and it becomes way less efficient. And there's so many hormonal things that can happen when you just diet over and over and over again. And that's what a lot of these girls aren't mm -hmm. understanding. And that's what's messing them up. Um, you know, they, because prep is really hard on your body. Um, women will lose their, we will lose their menstrual cycle. You know, the hormones are all over the place. Cognitive, cognitively, you're not there socially, uh, you suffer relationships. So I don't, I don't, I do not recommend people competing, um, you know, more than now I will say people have their seasons, right? So this is like the competitive season. People compete in like the spring and fall. So fall is like a season. So I could have done this show, a show in a week, a show in two weeks, and that's like a season. So that's different than like competing in spring and then in fall you want to have like a longer season if that makes any sense so just have the whole year to kind of get back into it yeah or like maybe like nine months or something like that yeah yeah i think that's i think that's a much better than going four or five times a year yeah, your body and same thing with powerlifting too i don't recommend you know or any strength force i don't recommend you know you need to build in your off season you're off you're you're comp is your comp prep is exactly that you're prepping for a competition and uh your off season is really where you, you do the work mm -hmm. and uh you mentioned kind of a body dysmorphia there how did you handle that part of like how you looked were you just really upset with how you looked and how did you like focus on changing that yeah that that was hard and it still is you know um you see where you're at on stage and it's just not that stage lean is not permanent. It's very temporary. And so in a few weeks, when you, when you start to gain some weight and you start to look different, you're like, damn, like I want that again. And then you get in the spot like, well, I'm not going to get that. So I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep eating. I'm just going to keep eating. And, uh, it's, it's really hard. Um, I, I you know, I don't know if, um, you know, body, a lot of bodybuilders have it. Most, I would say most have it because uh, it's just the nature of the sport. So you have to prepare yourself. I think coming out this time, the reason why I competed is really to prove to myself that I could, I could come out of my prep better and not have those feelings. 
Plus, I only want to gain about 10 pounds back to be in a healthier spot. I This time, I was in a better spot when I started prepping than last time. So this time, I lost 20 pounds. Last time, I lost 30. So I was in a much better spot. Hmm. But I've, it, it's a struggle. Uh, there's no really good answer to that. Uh, it's going to be different for everybody. And it's just one of those things that suck. But. Mm-hmm. Were you scared to compete again because of all that time off? Or were you like, oh, I'm, I'm finally ready? No, I was ready. I, w- I knew when I was like, I'm freaking ready. I'm ready to crush it. Um, I tried to, my three years ago, I tried to compete several months after that because I wanted to be in shape for my wedding. And that is such a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. To anybody listening out there, do not do a comp prep. To be in shape for your wedding, it's not worth it. And so I tried, and I tried it for like a comp prep for maybe five or six weeks. And I was like, I can't do this because I had gained so much weight. So I would have had to push so hard. And I was like, I just can't. So, and I wasn't really in the right mindset. I didn't have the right attitude. This time I knew I had built up a ton of strength, built up a ton of muscle underneath everything. And I knew I was going to be better than I was before. And I was. And so, no, I was excited to prep and I was ready. So I think that's the difference. You have to really want it for yourself, you know? So yeah, I felt good. And how far do you prep out? Do you prep out really far out or like? I did 20 weeks. So that's five months or something like that. That's that's quite a, yeah, that's quite a bit of time. Yep. How did you come up with that kind of? Yeah, I recommend a longer. So what we did when we first started is we just did a diet. We just did like a a calorie deficit for about four weeks to kind of see where that took us. And we didn't do anything crazy. Uh, We just brought my calories down. And that's before we started carb cycling. So we just did a deficit. And in four weeks, I I was already down like five pounds. So by just starting that, just kind of gaining momentum, that that's why I recommend a long prep because you know, you want to make sure you're in a good spot, like before you go into that really hard phase. So some people don't, and I wanted to be lean. I knew I wasn't going to be the biggest bigger girl, but I want to be the leanest. And while I still wasn't as lean as what I I could have been or should have been, but it was the best that I could do. So, um, even with 20 weeks. So yeah, I recommend something, something like that. 2016 weeks out. Did how do you like kind of like manage your expectations? Do you like know that like okay, this is what we're gonna get to? Like that's- having a coach just really helps. Having another eye, doing it yourself is just like a half-ass mm-hmm. way of doing anything, really. So having a coach there to help hold me accountable and say like this is what's realistic really helped. Mm-hmm. And after prep, like, do it? Do you just start eating all that good food again, and you feel good? You're like, wow, this is amazing. So yeah, um, after stage, I had stuffed French toast and sweet potato fries and a cookie, and I actually looked better at finals than I did at pre-judging. Um, and it was cool though because last time I competed, I just was like stuffing my face, and I like to the point where I felt sick before finals. And I just didn't even want to go back for finals. I was just like, oh. But I felt in a really good spot. And then after finals, I went out for tacos and like chips and salsa. Like I'm not a burger and fries girl. Like I can't – that would have hurt my stomach. So I just love like just like whole like whole food. I just – I love sweets. That's my thing. So, um, 
you know, anything really like super greasy or fried, I just don't love. So when we went and, went out and had tacos and then yesterday was like an untracked day. So me and my husband, I got home and we went out for nachos and beer and, <laughs> and, um, ice cream. But then now I'm like back on track, like ready to reverse diet out of it. So reverse dieting is just slowly building up calories. I didn't do that last time, even though the coach I had at the time tried to help me, I was just, my mindset was like, nope, I'm going to go eat donuts every single day and I'm going to buy whatever I want. And this time I feel really good. Like this morning I went up, first thing I did was I went and did cardio and I worked out and I was been very intentional with my food so far. So I feel really good. <laughs> and is it, do you just do it for two days or is it just that one day that you kind of just that, just that weekend. And I'm back home. now. He'll probably give me like an untracked meal. So what that will be like, uh, I'll have like a macro goal to hit before I have that meal. So this is what I do for my clients too, is that we, okay. Like I want you to have one life meal, not a cheat meal. Remember cheating's bad. Like okay. I don't want to associate that. So we're having a life meal here. So I'm going to give you a macro goal to hit before you hit this, before you eat this meal. So you're going to eat a lot of protein, a lot of veggies, and for the most part, a little bit of carbs, and then you're going to have this meal. And that's going to, that's going to help you not overeat that meal. It's going to make you have better choices because if we fast all day and then like go ham at night, we're just going to feel really bad and we're not going to get adequate nutrition. But if I have somebody eat 80 grams of protein, um, like 40 grams of carbs and like 40 grams of fat before that, they're likely going to hit that protein goal and they're probably going to stay within or maybe even a little bit above their calorie intake for the day. So um, I, that's kind of usually how I do that. So he might give me one of those meals as I'm assuming it would. I also have a photo shoot on Saturday morning, so I want to make sure I look good for that too. So that's going to help me adhere to this reverse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after every prep, do you just always, how has that changed over time? Like the after the show? What do you mean? So like what I did last time? Yeah. Oh, last time I, I had no regard for anything. I just ate whatever. Okay. And what, I, was, what was that? What was like, what were you eating? Oh God. Um, let's get, you want me to get vulnerable here? Uh, I would, um, oh, this is so bad. It's so embarrassing, but I don't care. I would like wake up in the middle of the night and I would like dip Oreos in canned icing. It was disgusting. I was like... <laughs> I was just literally eating everything and it was stupid stuff like that. Like that's not like, can't I, every time I would go in the store, I would grab a piece of candy. Cause when I stopped uh, comp time, like when I stopped my competition, it was like Halloween. So I was like all Halloween candy I wanted. And I would just eat like bags of Halloween candy. And uh, I remember this one time where I actually, <laughs> I actually bought like a, like, I went to like this, this like bakery and I bought like 20 different kinds of cookies and I just ate little pieces of it. And I just like went to sleep. Like it was just so sad. Um, so yeah, I was eating whatever I wanted. It was pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah that's crazy. Well, yeah. That, yeah, that's really, yeah. And so you kind of like figured, you know, like let's control this a little bit better this time. Yeah, I feel much better now. I'm I'm ready to to take on. I'm ready to get stronger, healthier, and I'm and mentally as well. And mentally, I'm just in a better spot. I don't know if it was just time, or it was just like I don't want to go back there. It was a really deep place, dark place for me. Um, 
but yeah, I just, overall, my attitude is better about it. And do you think about the next show? Like, are you thinking like, I'm going to do this in a year or two again? I'm going to try again, you know? I probably won't do it again um, for a long time. In my, in my opinion, with competing, you either need to be all in, like, well, road to the Olympia, or, you know, do it, like, once or twice for bucket list and be done because it is so hard on the body. Mm-hmm. It's so hard on the body to just be like, I'm going to do it every once in a while. In my opinion, you need to be either competitive or not at all. And that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I'm 28. So I'm like, I'm at the point where I need to either be competitive and this needs to be my lifestyle or I need to find a different path. And I think that with as much strain as it puts on social life and relationships and business, really, I think that it's just my time to focus on others and just my own health. Um, overall is just more important to me than getting on stage again. Like I said, I had a really good outcome now. Like I never say never, mm-hmm. but I want to focus like, you know, I want to focus on having a future family and saving money because it takes money to compete. And I want to just be like, I want to compete at life. Like I'm ready to just be successful in life and, um, help others much better and, and use this as an opportunity to teach people 